I pray that you would bless us, you would bless your people, that you would bless this service, that you would bless your word, that you would bless the work of our hands, that your Holy Spirit would be here with us, that you would rest upon us, that your glory would shine on us and through us, Lord God, into the dark world that we go out in every week. Help us to be a light for your glory and to bring truth in love. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Is it working, Joe? This mic better? Amen. All right. I think that if you don't have any problems in your life, then you need to check to see if you are... Yeah, alive. But like if... Because I'm telling you, when you're doing the right things, problems come. The enemy comes attacking, amen? The title of this sermon is that Satan is on the prowl. Satan is on the prowl. The attacks of Satan are real. And he has an agenda... Guess what that agenda is? We all know it. His agenda is to kill, steal, and destroy. Destroy anything that is good, positive, wholesome, and winsome in our lives. Did you hear that? What's Satan's plan? Kill, steal, and destroy. Kill, steal, and destroy anything that is good. And he does this by deceiving, corrupting, and bringing shame to our hearts in order to hurt us and ruin us. And ruin our relationships, especially with God. Did you hear that? Are you tracking with me? Are you tracking me? Who says that, hon? Who? Solomon? Solomon, are you tracking me? Did you get that? Here's where the cats come in place. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, The Bible describes Satan as our enemy, the devil. And what does he do? He prowls around like a roaring lion. Lion looking for someone to devour. Can somebody roar like a lion? Let's hear your roar. Roar. Was that good? That was pretty pathetic, wasn't it? Roar. Roar. That's what Satan does. He roars. He's prowling around, roaring like a lion. You know, I give you a little known fact about a little known fact about lions and cats. And you can, you, I've watched my own cat. I've observed my own cat, which I really despise, by the way. And if anybody wants cats, I've got one they can have. The only cat I liked ended up disappearing, and that was Bonnie Blue. Because she would stay in the barn, do her business, and she would catch mice, keep the barn clean, and she lived out there, and she never really came up and bothered us on the porch like our other cat, Piggy, who just wants to be around you all the time. He's trying to rub herself up against your leg. Drives me nuts. 
And all she does is she, she's more vocal. She's a vocal cat. She goes around, meow, 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 meow. She never shuts up. That's what the devil does. He goes around and he never shuts up. Right? He's going around roaring like a lion. He's never shutting up. But a little known fact about lions and cats, and you know, you can, you can, you've observed this, I'm sure, if you have a cat. When they're hunting, and I want you to think about this like the devil, when they're out there and they're hunting, they are quiet. They crouch down. They move methodically, slowly, don't they? And then when they see something in the field or in the tall grass, they pounce on it, don't they? That is exactly how the devil attacks us. Do you know a cat, when it goes out to hunt, or a lion, when it goes out to hunt, it doesn't go out and start roaring. Roar! Roar! I mean, I'm a hunter. I don't go up in the woods and I don't start screaming and hollering and shooting my gun off because I want to be quiet and stealthy, right? Sneaky. I don't want my prey to hear me. I do not want my prey to hear me or to even know I'm there. I put on all this scent lock. I get camouflaged up. And if I'm bow hunting sometimes, I've even camouflaged my face. Because you know you can't have a pale face up in a tree. Shines out there like a big old beaming light. Animals can see that stuff. That's exactly how the devil is when he's out hunting. And trust me, he's hunting every one of us here. And you know, the only times lions, when they roar, when they're roaring in the wilderness, it's a sign of showing they're, they're the boss. Now, that's their territory. So when you hear a lion roar, roar, you're looking around because you're in their territory. And they're doing that to intimidate you and to cause fear. And they're claiming that's their, that's their pride, that's their turf. So whenever the devil starts roaring, he's claiming this is his turf. This is his pride. This is his group. This is his territory. But when he's hunting, he's stealthy. He's quiet. He's methodical. He plans his every move right down to the last moment of attack where he pounces on his prey and attacks it. He's not out there roaring. That is one of the main ways Satan attacks us. He attacks us by trying to cause fear into us. In which fear causes immobilization. It's the act of not acting at all. You know, when people are saying they've been paralyzed by fear, I'm sure you've all heard that. Where they've been paralyzed by fear, where they can't even act. You know, I've had dreams before where in my dream, I'm trying to say the name of Jesus. Because I'm so afraid in my dream, but I can't even speak. And I feel like I've got no air in my lungs. And it's like, and nothing's coming out. 
And then all of a sudden, you can squeak out a little name, Jesus, <laughs> you know, in your dream. Jesus, Jesus. Then, then, then as you speak the name of Jesus, you get louder and you get bolder. But the enemy doesn't want you to even say that name. Because your enemy, the devil, like the apostle Peter said, is prowling around looking for someone to devour, and he's out there roaring, and he's roaring right now and claiming America, and he's claiming New York State, and he's claiming territories, and he's claiming Tioga, and he's claiming Broome County, and Tioga County, and Owego. And he's, and he's out there roaring, and he's saying, this is my turf, and you can't have it. And he's caused us Christians to live in fear, where we all of a sudden we say, no, you can't say the name of Jesus in school anymore. You can't take your Bible. That's all a tactic of the devil. Or they make it political and they say, oh, you can't, you can't talk about abortion anymore because that's a political statement in church. I heard that this week. You can't talk about politics in church because you've got to have the separation of church and state. No. Did Jesus ever tell us that? Jesus went to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He went in front of all of the rulers of the law. He didn't back down one bit, did he? My wife has got a thing on her phone. It says Jesus is not a nice guy. He's kind. He's loving. He's good. But he never backed down. He went into the temple and he changed, he flipped over the tables of the, of, the, of the changers, money changers there, and the people selling offerings. He said that my house will be a house of prayer. That wasn't too nice, was it? <laughs> it wasn't too nice that he called the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you're a brood of vipers, the son of the devil. You're, you serve your father, Satan. That wasn't nice, was it? No. And these are the rulers and the authorities of that day. Satan knows that he can make us fearful. And if he can do that, then he can isolate us. Do you know Satan's attacks are especially strong when we begin to grow in Christ Jesus? When we begin to grow as believers and Christians, Satan attacks get stronger and stronger on you. Because the last thing he wants to do is lose you. You lose you and take you out of his fold and get you out of his out of his territory. He wants to keep you in his territory, under control. And as soon as you start believing in Christ Jesus and you start growing in the Lord and you start knowing the word and you've got it hidden in your heart. He wants to attack you more and more and more. To keep you and hold you back. He starts roaring to intimidate you. He does. That's exactly what the world is doing today. It's out there roaring trying to intimidate us Christians to keep us shut up. and You know, what's that thing? Sit down and shut up and buckle up or something like that. And, you're, and you know, get in, sit down, shut up, and buckle up. I saw a bumper sticker like that before. But that's exactly what Jesus, or what the devil wants us to do. To sit down, shut up, 
and buckle up so you can't move and you can't do anything. But when you start growing in God, his attacks become stronger and stronger. He starts ramping up his attacks on your life, on your family, on all the things that are good in your, in your, in your future and in your life. He starts attacking them. He starts attacking you. He'll attack your business. He'll attack your home. He'll attack your family. He'll attack your extended family, your children, your grandchildren. Because he wants to shake things up. You know what he's doing? It's like a big decoy. See, the devil is smart. You know, when you're out there and you're hunting ducks or geese, you throw all these decoys out in the water to, to, to draw in the geese. That's what the devil is doing. He's throwing decoys out there to get you off track. It's like, throw, getting a, it's like when you're used to hitting fastballs, when you're a baseball player, and then all of a sudden somebody throws you a curveball, and you don't know what to do. You just try to get out of the way because you think it's going to hit you. But just before it hits you, it breaks and becomes a strike. But you don't know how to react to that because you've never seen a curveball. You know, we get curveballs all through life. The enemy's out there throwing decoys at us all the time. Trying to distract us to get us focused on his decoy, right? Which draws you in, and then he shoots you out of the sky like a duck. He's throwing decoys out there right now to draw you in. And you young people, you know, he's doing that very effectively to you. He's destroying. He knows that if he can destroy a generation... If he can get a generation pulled away from Christ, then that in the long term is going to destroy another generation that's coming behind him that you will raise up because you're going to raise up what you know. You're going to raise up what you believe. And he knows if he can do that enough and enough, then he can destroy a whole generation. He can pull a whole group of people away from Christ. That's why it says in the Bible that many know the way, but few, few follow. That's why it says the road to hell is wide. That's why when people go to heaven and, and, and God's judgment on judgment day says, depart from me, I never knew you. You workers of iniquity. And he cast them into hell. Because they were deceived. They were deceived by the devil. They followed the decoys in. See, we've got to learn to discern. There it is right there. A little bit of rhyme. We've got to learn to discern. We've got to discern. You know, the devil, the, the devil, our adversary, the enemy. Do you know that he, he was, the, in the Bible it says that he was the most anointed angel, cherubim, most anointed in the heavens. That means he had the presence, he was in the presence of God. And he wanted to exalt himself above God. And that's what caused him to get kicked out of heaven. You know, the devil was on this earth before Adam and Eve were created. And Jesus said that 
he saw the devil descend out of heaven like lightning. When he was telling his disciples, when he was telling about watch pride, watch a haughty spirit. Because that's exactly what happened to the devil. He became haughty, then he became prideful. Pride comes before a fall and a haughty spirit. What's it saying? So I get it right. A haughty spirit, a haughty spirit before a fall. Yeah. Pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So we need to be wise about that. Here you go. You have an highest, one of the highest ranking archangels in heaven in the presence of God. The anointed cherubim, they call them. Cast out of heaven. Do you know that he still tries to deceive people and believing that he is the presence of God. And he does it right in churches. He tries to deceive people that he is the presence of God. He gets them and he wants them to worship him. He disguises himself as an angel of light, the Bible tells us. So we have to learn to discern what is, what is of God and what is of not? And that sometimes is very hard to do. But that's through prayer and supplication. And you make your request known to God. And God is faithful and just. He will answer you. He will give you the answers. If we seek him, earnestly seek him. So we're not being deceived. Because the devil is a deceptor. He's a destroyer. And he's out to kill you and destroy you. The devil's attacks from life keeps you from God's plan that he has on your life. And God has a plan for your life. And Julie mentioned it earlier today. But in your Bibles, in John 10, 10, it says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. In Jeremiah 29, 11, is one of my favorite ones, I say it all the time. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Those are the plans that God has for your life. And they are contrary to the plans that the devils have. That the devil has. The devil wants to destroy you. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to have hope and a future. He doesn't want to harm you. Right there, black and white, Jeremiah chapter, 9, chapter 29, verse 11. The Bible also tells us that we are to resist the devil. And he will flee. We are to stand firm against his attacks. Because the family of believers are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. You know, he's not just attacking us. He's attacking all believers. All believers. The first thing we must do is resist the devil. You know, I want to read to you the temptation of Christ Jesus 
And I want to share with you, because, and I want you to listen, because if the devil tempted Jesus, the devil will tempt you. Amen? The devil tempted Jesus. He's going to tempt you. What did Jesus say? If they persecute me, they're going to persecute you. If they hated me, remember, if they hated Jesus, if they hate you, remember they hated me long before. And if the devil tempted Jesus, he's going to tempt you. So in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, it says this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And you know what? Just one quick pause. Prior to that moment, Prior to that moment of Jesus going out into the desert to be tempted by the devil, what had happened? He just came down into the Jordan River and was baptized by John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said, the one I'm baptizing whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie or hold, you want me to baptize you? And this is John saying this to Jesus. And Jesus said, you have to baptize me to fulfill what Scripture has said about me. So that moment of John baptizing Jesus is another prophecy that was fulfilled in the Bible that was spoken of him long time ago, hundreds if not thousands of years before that moment happened. And what happened? It said when John baptized Jesus and he went down in the water and he came up, he said the clouds opened up, the Spirit of heaven the, like, fell on him like a dove. The Holy Spirit fell on Jesus like a dove, ascended on him like a dove. And I believe the heavens might have opened up and said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased in. At that moment. Then Jesus was led out into the desert to be tempted by the devil. So just at one of the highest moments in history, in Jesus' life, and all those people around there in the Jordan River that saw this and witnessed that event, then Jesus was led out into the desert to be tempted. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand in the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Then Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me. Satan, for it is worth written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
Jesus said to him, Away from me, or get thee behind me. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 23. This is when Jesus was going to go into the into Jerusalem. And after Jesus just told them how he was going to die. You know, he was telling his disciples, this is, I'm going to die. Soon I'm going to die. But I'll be raised up. And his, one of his apostles, Peter, great apostle Peter, said to him, no, it can't be, and all this. And, and so Jesus turned to Peter and said to him, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to, my, to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. See, Peter was acting like a stumbling block to Jesus. So a stumbling block is something that's in front of you, right? That you stumble over. Or it's in your way. Something that's trying to hold you back or keep you away from completing your goal or your mission. You know, we run into stumbling blocks throughout our lives in many different ways. We have stumbling blocks that get in our way. We have a plan. We want to get from point A to point B, but something comes along as a stumbling block and it gets us off that plan. Correct? Now Jesus again, just like he told Satan when he was tempted, away from me or get behind me, he again used that same language to the apostle Peter. And he said, get behind me, Satan. You see, Jesus clearly teaches us in the Bible on how to deal with Satan and his attacks. We just learned of one way that Jesus dealt with Satan on both of his attacks that he was attacked on. He said, get there behind me, Satan. One, resist the devil. Tell him to get behind you with authority is number two. So one, what do you do? You resist the devil. Number two, you tell him to get thee behind me. So when we have attacks in our family that come against us, that come against our children, come against our grandchildren, we need to say with authority, get thee behind me, Satan. Because when Satan is behind you, then you can move freely forward into the plans that God has for you. He is no longer opposing you or causing you to be pushed back, but he is now behind you, and you can move forward with God. Did you hear that? Did you get that? When Satan is behind you, then you can easily move forward with the plans God has for your life and the plans that he has for you to prosper, the plans to give you a good hope and a good future. He no longer can push you back or keep you from that destination in your life. If Satan is behind us, then we can move forward into what God has called us in. Get thee behind me, Satan. Do you know, it's so funny when I was writing this, out of the corner of my eyes, 
And this is the devil. And you might think I'm kooky or crazy. I don't care. But I know it's the devil. But when I'm writing this, all of a sudden out of the corner of my eyes, I think I'm seeing spiders. And I hate, I hate spiders. And everybody knows that I hate spiders. I'm not afraid of anything. But I am not, I do not like spiders. And they don't cause me to have fear where I am immobilized. I just want to kill them. But they're sneaky insects that I have no reason why God created them. They can crawl on your leg, you don't know, and then they can bite you. And next thing you know, you can be immobilized because of a stupid spider bite. But I hate them. I hate the feeling of one crawling on me. And so I think I'm seeing spiders out of the corner of my eye. I'm writing this. I'm like, what was that, a spider? I literally took my notepad here that I've got written my sermon on, and I'm going like this thinking I saw a spider run across it in my office this morning. Then the next thing you know, I feel like i got spiders crawling on my ear. So I take off my glasses, and I'm going like this. I'm like, did one of them little buggers just come off the ceiling? You know, and I'm serious. This is happening to me this morning as I'm writing this message. Because I know that the devil doesn't want me to give away his plan and, his, and God's plan on how to deal with them. And how to handle them. These are tools in life, spiritual tools. Because you know what? What does the Bible say? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6. I got it written down here. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 12. For we don't wrestle. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's what we wrestle against. It's not the person, but it's what's in the person. It's the spiritual forces of evil that are controlling them. If you see somebody you think is demonized, then you need to pray that they would be delivered in Jesus' name and be set free. Because there's spiritual forces of evil at work right now in this world that is going around and it's in crouch mode, waiting and hunting God's believers to destroy them, kill them, and keep them from the plans God has for them. You know, I listened this morning to a little quick thing on Perry Stone. And Perry Stone had a dream, and he said, in this dream... He saw Satan, and he's had dreams, he had two dreams where he saw Satan. And he said, Satan looks like a man, he's just like a man. And he said, he saw Satan in his dream, and God said to him, tell Satan to get thee behind you. But instead of using the word Jesus, use Jesus' Hebrew word, Yeshua. Get thee behind me in the name of Yeshua. That is Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua. He said, use that name, Yeshua. That's Jesus' Hebrew name. So he said in his dream, Satan was coming at him. And he says, he said, wimply, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, so Satan, or get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Yeshua. So Satan stops. 
And this is all in his dream. Then Satan starts walking at him again. He says, get, me, get thee behind me in the name of Yeshua. But Satan still keeps coming at him. He said, in the name of God, Jesus, get thee behind me in the name of Yeshua. And he said, as soon as he said it like that, with authority, he said, all of a sudden, Satan's feet got kicked out from underneath him, and he fell to the ground, and he was immobilized, and he couldn't move or come any closer to him whatsoever again. I think we should all stand up right now. And I can guarantee you here that every one of us have had struggles and problems in our lives and are facing struggles and problems in our families and that have had that. And that Satan has tried to get you to believe a lie and who you are. Because you are a king's kid. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. You need to say that to yourself every day. And when Satan comes attacking you, you need to say, Get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Yeshua. So let's all just say it really quick together. Satan, get thee behind me in the name of Yeshua. Let's say it together. Satan, get thee behind me in the name of Yeshua. Amen? You might think we might laugh. It might be silly. But you know what? There's power and there's authority in the name of Jesus, in the name of Yeshua. You guys may be seated. There's power in that name. In the name of Jesus, it says every knee will bow. Every tongue confess. The devil is alive. He's real. And he's out there to kill you and to steal you and destroy you. And not only that, he's out there to destroy your family. He's out to keep your family down. He's been so effective for years. You know, we have accepted curses on our lives that don't need to be there. That were never meant to be there. That you will always be like your father or you will never do any good. We hear those things, we hide them in our heart, and we don't let them go. But God is telling us right now today that we need to let those things go. Because you are a king's kid. You have an inheritance in heaven that is greater than any inheritance that you can ever receive on this earth. Greater. And Jesus wants to set you free from all of that. He doesn't want you to have that bondage he doesn't want you to have that captivity in your heart. You are a king's kid. You have been called by the Most High God. If you were not called by the Most High God, then you wouldn't be here right now today. If Jesus doesn't have a plan for your life, a hope for your life, and a future for your life. And that plan is for good. We just got to receive that, accept that, and walk in that. And not let the devil deceive you any longer. Because he's deceiving many. And he deceives many. He's been deceiving for thousands, six thousand years. He started deceiving with creation in the Garden of Eden with Eve. He deceived them.
For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the powers, the rulers, and the authorities, against the powers of darkness. Do you know there are levels of demons that are out there? Just like there are levels of angels, there are archangels. Michael is an archangel, a warring angel. And do you know that we have angels at our disposal? At our disposal. Because God made us a little higher than the angels. Because we're made in His image. Created in the image of God. And He put angels under us. That we can call upon angels. Even Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, when He was being cast out and taken away from his apostles, his disciples. And he was going to go get judged in front of the Pharisees and Sadducees. You know, they did it in the middle of the night. That's how the devil works. He works under darkness. He doesn't work under light, because if he worked under light, then his schemes would be exposed. He works under, the, under darkness. He comes at you in the darkness. But Jesus said, when Peter cut off the ear of the soldier. And he says, don't you know that I can call down a thousand legions and legions of angels? Well, there's, how many are in a legion, Joe? Do we have that number? Thousands, like thousands upon thousands of angels that they can call down. And do you know it only took one angel to wipe out Egypt? One angel. Could have wiped out a whole nation. Can you imagine what a thousand angels could do? We have angels at our disposal. Ministering spirits, they're called. To come and minister to us and to our family. We need to pray, Lord, send us ministering spirits that lift us up, that protect our family, that watch over our children and our grandchildren. I pray this every morning. Lord, watch over our children and our grandchildren as they go off to school. Protect them and keep them safe. Lord, bless us. I pray it every day. It's a repetitive prayer. <laughs> but I pray it every day. Don't we? In the morning, we have coffee in bed, and we pray. We pray over our family. We pray over the day. And it might be a repetitive prayer, yeah, but I've got it in my heart. I know it, at least I'm saying that. You know, it's a good start. So Satan, get thee behind me. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Get thee behind my family. I plead the blood. We sing a song, we plead the blood. What washes white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What makes me clean and whole? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is my soul. <laughs> oh, precious is thy blood. That flows <laughs> from the throne of God, from Jesus, from Calvary's cross. That's washed me, that's cleansed me and made me whole. Amen? Amen. So, Father, I thank you, Lord. I praise you. Lord, I pray against the attacks of the devil on our family. I pray against the attacks of the devil upon your people that are here today. I pray, Lord God, that you would give us discernment to realize when we're being attacked, that we can come against it and stand against it, and we know now what to do. 
It says, resist the devil, and he'll flee. We know to rebuke him and tell him to get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Yeshua. And he'll have to, and we say it with authority and purpose and meaning that he will have to obey because of who's inside us. We have a dynamo inside us that we don't even know. Lord, I pray that you would start opening up that dynamo in each one of us. That we would walk out the perfect plan that you have for our lives. That we would live in that purpose life that you've given us, Lord God. And that we would just blaze with your glory. And I pray this over each one here. I pray that everybody would be set free in Jesus' mighty name. Pray that the devil would be resisted and cast out of our lives for good and out of our family for good. And that your angels, your ministering spirits would come and minister to us just like they did to Jesus after his 40 days of walking in the wilderness. It said that your angels were sent to him to minister to him and that he came out of that wilderness glowing and shining with the brilliance of God on him. I pray that over each one of us here today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Amen.